rest of my days But the truth is I don't know Where I let you go and lost my way Said it would never happen Then walked at the door yeah once again Can't even start to imagine A life without you I can't understand Deaconess Tansy, and I'd like to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Welcome. 
Oh, come on and help me bless the name of our God. For our God is great. I don't care what the situation may be, what it seems like, how it feels. Just know that our God is great. Oh, God, it is such a refreshing to know that I have a Savior I can run to, that I am safe in His arms. God, you are great. Come on and help me do this song. The splendor of a king, glory and majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. And trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, Every nation and every tongue shall just explain 
how great you are, God. Oh, God, you're great. How many know that our God is greater? I mean, you have it all, God. You are our healer. You are our protector. You are our deliverer, our God. You are our lawyer in the courtroom. You are the master physician, God. We bless your name, God, because you are greater. You're greater, God.
Nobody great, nobody great. 
God a hand clap of praise this morning as we prepare and go into worship. This is the first Sunday of September and we're just so grateful and honored that God is still providing. The Bible declares, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So this morning we simply say, God, we praise you. God, we magnify your name. God, we honor you. God, we worship you. God, we adore you. God, you are like none other in our lives. And the Apostle Paul put it like this. If I had 10,000 tongues, I could 
still couldn't praise you enough so god right now in the midst and at this moment and at this time we worship you god we bless your name we magnify your name your name is righteous your name is holy your name is a strong tower your word declares that the righteous shall run into it and be safe so god on this day at this moment and at this hour god we simply stand in amazement we simply worship you with all that we have all that we are from every inch of our being oh god and god on this day we're chasing after you like never before so god allow your your people allow us to come before you and as we go before the throne of grace in prayer somebody declare that god is my awesome redeemer he's my savior he's my joy and he's my peace so father god in the mighty name of jesus as we come before you this morning this this time of worship this time that's separated just to be in your presence god we simply honor you god we simply say thank you god we thank you god for waking us up this morning we thank you god for giving us breath in our body we thank you god for the use of our limbs god and we honor you for doing that for us oh god if some did not wake up this morning somebody thought they had another day to get it right but their eyes did not open up on this side this morning god so god we simply want to say thank you i don't know what you're going through right now whoever's streaming us right now i don't know what you're going through i don't know what it's been like over these last six seven eight months i don't even know what it's been like over the last 30 days but i know the god that we serve that said he'll never leave us nor forsake us nor let us leave our seed begging bread so god we just simply say thank you god first and foremost god we honor you and ask you to forgive us of our sins on this day god sins of admission and sins of omission sins against your will your purpose and your plan oh god we ask you god right now to cast those sins into the sea of forgiveness god never to be remembered again oh god we worship you god we magnify your name there is none like you in all the earth your word declares that ah, the, the 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 heavens declare your glory and the earth shows your handiwork God so God in us you created everything that you needed to 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 see the manifestation of your vision for the earth your vision for people so God on this morning God as we chase after you as we come after you God we ask right now that you open up our hearts and open up our minds that you reveal to us your plan for our life oh God your word declares to write the vision and make it plain so God as we write the vision on today God as we write the vision right now God we simply want to say thank you God I don't know any other way to, to to proclaim it any other way to do it but just to worship you worship you for my past worship you for our present worship you in all things God for your word said in all things to give thanks for this is the will of the Lord concerning Christ Jesus so God right now we just worship you we bless you and we adore you and we honor you and we come before your throne in presence now God hide this your servant behind the cross so that the people will see none of me but they see all of thee 
Allow your people's spirits to be open up and receptive to your word. Allow your people's mind and their eyesight and their ear gates to be receptive of what you say, God. And right now we put Satan on notice that he has no authority, he has no power, he has no right to our place at this moment. Satan, we bind the hand of your, 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 your devices. We bind the hand of the enemy. We bind the hand of the, of, of, of the one that roams around seeking whom he may devour. We bind the hand and we push it back and we send it back to that place from which it came. For even when the weapon is formed, God's word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So God, no matter what the weapon looks like, no matter what it seems like, no matter how hard it seems that it comes, your word declares that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So God, we simply say thank you. Now God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. You are my joy and my hope. You are my peace and you are my comfort and you are my all in all. Let your word come across so that lives can be changed. Souls can be delivered. People can get set free and you be glorified in the highest. It is in your son Jesus name. The name that is above all other names. The name that is a strong tower. The name that your word declares the righteous shall run into it and be safe. It is in your son Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. At this moment right now we are. Getting ready to go into this brand new series. This brand new time. This brand new expectation of who you are God. And because we're going into this and because you have set yourself apart for us, God, we simply are here in amazement, simply here to say, uh, God, just if you are for us, there's no one that can be against us. And so I'm excited about this new series. This is Communion Sunday. Welcome to Liberty Christian Church International, by the way. I'm just simply uh, just, just ready to get into some words. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your cell phones, whatever you may have, I want you to lift those up right now. And I want you to, uh, I want you to repeat after me. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about today. If you can't tell, I'm excited about today. And I want you to uh, repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today... I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay tuned and listen to this video. I'm searching for a leader who earnestly desires my presence. I'm urging a future king, currently a shepherd, a peasant, a vessel to be used for things that are far beyond your comprehension. Attention, look and see, it's you that I'm calling. 
pursue me, be unrelenting and I will keep you from falling. Chase me, stop waiting, a new day is dawning. Your people need an example, their enemies are taunting. Weak, feeble, unable to succeed. David, I need a heart that will lead. Who knows from the start the cost to serving needs. Willing to conquer from the posture of on your knees. Weighed, measured, and proven to be faithful while waiting. Tested, tried, through situations and times, you're never fading. My spirit is ever aiding, sustaining you, the one after my own heart. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm so excited that we're starting this brand new series entitled The Chase, Pursuing the Heart of God. Somebody simply declare, I'm ready to pursue the heart of God, the heart of God, the mind of God, the, the plan of God for my life. I'm ready to pursue and become all that God has called us to be, called you to be, called me to be. And in the process of pursuing the heart of God, we come to a place and come to an understanding that we have to work together, that that we're all part of this team. We're all part of this journey. We're all part of this mandate that God has called us into, where he said he's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So this morning, I want you to see and understand that we're chasing of the mind of God. And we're going to take a direct look at David, King David. Everybody knows who King David is, but we're going to take a direct look at King David and his life and how uh, he went from a shepherd boy and he became a king and he became uh, uh, one of God's central figures for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But David was not a perfect man. David was not a perfect person by far. David had issues, but God called called David a man after his own heart. And if God can call David a man after his own heart, I hear, I came by to prophetically declare to you that you can be a man or woman or a child after God's own heart. You, uh, No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you've been in life, that at this moment, God's plan and God's assignment for your life supersedes the things that you have done. And if you get into right relationship, and if you accept Jesus Christ into your life, if you begin to look to him who is the author and finisher of your faith, I believe that he has the components and I believe that he has the master plan and the blueprint for your life so that you can be a God chaser, that you can be a, a, a man or woman after his own heart. But this morning, I need you to see some reality out of King David, see some reality out of what David did and how David operated and how David functioned. So this morning, we're going to jump into some word. This might not be a big shouting service, but I need you to grab hold of some things. So get your pen, get your paper, get your notepads, get your phones, get your notes out, and let's get into some word this morning. Somebody say, I'm chasing and pursuing the heart of God. What is a chase? That means I'm actively going after something. I'm actively running 
behind something. And in scripture this morning, when we look at the life of David, I need you to grab hold of, I need you to see how this all came about because David was not even the initial person that God had placed in charge of Israel. And, and so we're going to jump into scripture this morning. I have three different components this morning. Um, and, and in these components and in these scriptures and in these texts, I, I, it's going to give a small sample of what uh, David's life looked like and how David came about. But I need you personally to go back. And if you have never read the entire book of Samuel, first and second Samuel or first and second Kings and Chronicles, I need you to, to, uh, to take some time out of your busy schedule to simply go read it in some quiet time so you can see who this man David was. And I know that you know on the ounce on the onset that there are some things that David did and some things that happened in David's life. But I want us to look this morning. Let's start off looking at first Samuel, the 13th chapter, first Samuel, the 13th chapter. You know, I'm read from the New American Standard Bible and it's going to be on your screen. But I invite you to highlight this in your Bible, highlight this on your phone, your tablets, whatever it may be. I'm just excited about this word this morning, and I need somebody to know that that God is getting ready to do something so miraculous in your life. And because you're going to chase God, because you're going to see God, because you're going to look at God in a different light starting today, that you can actively chase him in the midst of, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your problems, even in the midst of your flaws, you can actively still chase God. The Bible says in 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter, looking at the 13th and 14th verses, simply says this. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. Because you have not kept the Lord's commandment. Where we pick up this morning and we look at text right now, this is the beginning of the coronation or the events that took, uh, Saul, uh, uh, took Samuel, the prophet Samuel, to finding who finding David and finding this thing. We know that in the kingdom of Israel in the early days that when they asked for a king that God gave them Saul. God gave them Saul and he placed Saul over top of the kingdom of Israel. He, they wanted a king and this is who God gave them. But because of Saul's uh, disobedience not to do everything that God had called him to do or that God told him to do, he lost the right to be established. We see that right there in scripture real quick. But he said, um, but in verse 13 once again it said that God that if you had obeyed God's commandments he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time See, there are times in our life that we must realize that if we do not abide by what God says and what God tells us, and if we're disobedient, even in the smallest area, that, that, that it can change what God has called you to or what God had promised you. You may see a temporary benefit of it, but if you do not live and abide by what God has said and how God has called you to do certain things, especially when he's spoken to you, not just what you think, but when he's spoken 
spoken to you and given you direct commandments and direct laws about how to apply or do certain things that you can lose that benefit or that blessing that God has shown you that was reserved just for you. We see Saul and Saul had this place where he went to war and God told him to kill everything that was there. Don't take any uh, treasure. Don't take anything from the land, but to destroy and kill everything, get rid of everything. But the people of Israel begged Saul that they could keep some of the spoils of the of the fight, that they can keep some of the things that they had uh, gained from the battle. And Saul, not, not wanting to displease his people that he covered, the people that he was over top of and ruling, decided to let them take small things. And, 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 and he did not think that it was going to be that big of an issue. But in our life, we are a lot of times just like Saul, where God has told you not to do something, where God has told you not to go somewhere, where God has told you not to grab this or take this or take possession of this. But in turn, we do it because we're like, well, God, this shouldn't hurt anybody else. God, this shouldn't hurt the situation. God, there is nothing wrong with this. And when God told you to do it, he said, because your obedience has to be better than your sacrifice. God said, I need you to do this to show me how much you love me. Because if you're only looking at the temporary treasure, then you're missing your eternal gift. You're missing what I've already set you up for, for your future. Somebody need to hear that right now. Because of some things that have happened in your life, you simply think thought that God was just okay with the little small sins that you commit, the small things that you do, the small things and you pay and you think that God is not looking at you because God has already promised you something. But I came by to tell somebody this morning that even in the midst of that, God is always watching. God is always looking. If he's omniscient, if he's omnipresent and omnipotent, he sees things, he hears things and he's everywhere all at the same time. So the small things that you do that you think don't hinder your blessings are really truly uh, God is taking note of. And he may not take something away from you right now because in this story, as we get into it, as we look at this thing, we see that God did not take the kingdom from Saul immediately. He just told him that you could have had the kingdom of Israel forever. And we know that in the process, he said, but now because you've been disobedient, your kingdom will not endure. He said, your kingdom, the thing I gave you rule over, but I said I would lead and guide you. The thing that I told you that you would have dominion over, but I said I would give you the right way to operate and function in life. And he said, because you were disobedient, the kingdom will not endure. And in return, God said, I will seek after one who is of my own heart. And appoint him ruler over his people. Why? Because God said, if you're going to listen to everybody else. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street real quick. I'm not even ready to preach this thing yet. But if you listen, if you're listening to everybody else, everybody else's opinion, everybody else's thought, everybody else's uh, mindset about what I told you to do, uh, you're going to miss the mark of who I called you to be. You can't say yes to everybody. If you're going to say yes to me, it's going to 
be some naysayers over here. If you're going to say yes to my world, there's going to be some uh, objection right here. If you're going to say yes to what I have for your life, there are going to be some people that are even close to you that won't want to hear or won't want you to do those things. How many people got those naysayers in their life? I, I, I may be just talking about myself, but, but, but there are some people who when God called you into ministry, they said they had all types of negative things. Well, I'm not going with you. I'm not going to ride with you on this journey. I can't be here. Why do you have to do that? But God said, if I called you to it, I'll set up the environment for it. If I called you into it, if I called you out of darkness into marvelous light, why are you still trying to hold on to darkness around you, even though they may be family, even though they may not, uh, they, they may have been around you for the last 30, 40, 50 years, maybe even the last 10 years. But if I called you out of darkness, I need you to fo follow me. Somebody's declared that it's time for me to follow God. It's time for me to see what God said. So there are some things that I want us to get out of this text this morning, because if he said I, the Lord has sought out. So the God had already had in his mind that uh, that, that this would take place. And I knew who the next one would be. I knew who I could go after that would be uh, pleasing and have a heart after me. Somebody declare, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that God is looking for you. God has already called you. God has already sanct uh, sanctified you. God has already set you apart. And the, and the fact that God has set you apart and the fact that you're one that's after his own heart does not mean you're perfect. But it does mean this. In this promised time that, that, that God is calling us and positioning us and setting us apart, I need you to know that today we're going to discuss a godly heart. Somebody type that out on Facebook. Somebody type that out on Twitter, wherever you may be. If you're here with us, I need you to go ahead and, and, and begin to be my social media preachers right now real quick. And somebody declare that I have to be uh, or I have to have a godly heart. What is a godly heart? Well, well, let's look at this. This godly heart uh, means simply this, that, that, that God is able to use your heart. God is able to use your mind. God is able to position you and put you in a place where you're here simply because he, you know how good he is. How many people know how good God is this morning? How many people know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you don't know where you would be? How many people can simply say, God, I trust you with everything in my life. God, I trust you in my good days. God, I trust you in my bad days. And you're not saying it because you're sitting in church, because most of you are sitting at home right now. But if you can simply look back over your life and simply say, God, I trust you. I love you more now than I ever did in my life. Why? Because God simply seeks those that are willing. How many of you are willing to be who God called you to be? See, there's, there, there's a lot of us that simply talk a good talk. There's a lot of us that simply say all the right things. But how many of you can declare this morning that I'm willing? I'm willing to serve God. I'm willing to chase after God. I'm willing to be all that God called me to be. And I'm willing to stand in this place that he has for me. It may not look pretty. It may not seem rich. It may not give me everything that I 
uh, physically want, but the place that I see uh, the spirit of God at, the place that I operate from in this season of my life is a place knowing that God is my all and all. Because uh, I need to make sure that, you're, that, that God seeks the willing person, that person that says, here I am like Isaiah, God, here I am, send me. The, the, the person that is like, uh, 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 like your parents and your grandparents that simply said, God, Whatever it is that you got for me, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is that you send me, I'm going to go. There are some evangelists listening in right now, and people don't even know that you're ready to evangelize. But God has said, where are you ready to go? And, and God has been telling you and trying to transition you out of the region that you're in to go somewhere else and be who he called you to be. But fear has crept into your mind. That does not mean that you're not willing, but fear has simply crept. God, how am I going to make money? God, what am I going to do for a place? But God said, if you simply get up and go, I'll make the provision. If you're simply willing to do what I said, I told you that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. There are some prophets. There are some apostles. There are some pastors. There are some laypersons. There are some ministers for the marketplace. And God has been trying to transition you from the job that you in that's been mundane, that you've just been sitting there year after year saying, God, there's more in my life. God, there's more that I want. God, there's more that I can be and but you're staying there because of the security and God said I'm not concerned about your security because if you're only concerned with the security of man you'll miss what I'm able to do and that's where we find Saul at that morning because he was so concerned with what the people asked him to do and the uh, and the perception that the people had how can we go into this place in war and see all this treasure and you're telling us that God said to destroy it. This, this is what the people were telling Saul at that time. King Saul, the, the one that God set apart to be over the people, not, not to conform with the people. And too many times we got leaders that are listening right now that you have conformed with the people so much that you're missing the voice of God. Who am I dealing with prophetically right now? That you have been conforming to what everybody else's standard was. And God is simply saying, I've been trying to get you to a place above that standard, above that mindset, above those perceptions. But you continue to be more concerned about what the people want as opposed to what I'm telling you. That's why there are a lot of pastors and right now a lot of, a lot of ministries that are lukewarm because God has been telling you to preach something different than what you've been preaching, but you've been scared because the money is not flowing in because you don't want the, the money to stop flowing or whose street am I coming down this morning. You've been so concerned with the people sitting in the pews being happy and laughing and jumping that you forgot the mandate that God has called you to. You become a Saul where God said I'll raise up this standard but because of your disobedience it doesn't it won't last with you are you willing to lose this thing or are you willing uh, to be a God seeker because this in the midst of all of this and in the midst of all of this chaos, we simply see that God seeks the willing in the hidden places. Why are we saying God seeks the willing in the hidden places? Because nobody ever expected the king to come from a, a little old Jesse's group. Uh, we, God never expected the king to come out of these, uh, these boys. And even when Samuel went out to find the next king, 
king. We know the story that that uh, uh, that he lined up all of his sons and and uh, Samuel was sure that it was the oldest brother because of his statue, because he had been in the army and he moved all down through all the sons that were right there. And and, and we know the story that uh, that David wasn't even in the midst of the decision at that moment. And when Samuel walked down and God didn't say any of those were the sons. He looked and said, do you have another? And, and, and I'm here to tell somebody right now that just because you're on the outside of what everybody else is expecting does not mean that God doesn't have a great purpose. Just because you don't seem to be the qualified one in everybody else's eyes that God doesn't have a purpose. Trust me when I tell you that God has a purpose for the, the ostracized. God has a purpose for the small in stature. God has a purpose for those that don't seem to fit the bill. I'm here to, to declare to you right now that God has a purpose for you. God has an opportunity for you. God has something great for you. And if you simply make yourself willing that he'll find you in those hidden places. Why do I know? Because David was a shepherd boy. David was out tending to the flock of his father. David was somewhere doing his own thing, but David was being prepped at that time. David was leading and David was guiding the sheep in the right direction. He had been protecting God's people and he had been protecting what God's possessions were at the time and 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 I'm here to declare to you that some of you have been taking great care of others and some of you have been laboring and and it seems like you're uh, uh that nobody notices but let me tell you this that God notices somebody declare to your neighbor that God is noticing your work God is noticing what you're doing God sees you God knows you and he loves you because you're doing what what he said and because you're a man or woman after his own heart God has a special position for you in his kingdom so my first point this morning was simply this God seeks the willing in hidden places somebody say I don't mind being hidden I don't mind being over here I don't mind being somewhere out of sight because being out of sight and out of mind means that the enemy not even thinking about you the enemy is thinking about the ones that seem to want to boast the most the one who like to call upon their track record, the one who calls upon what they've done in the past and not seeing that God is doing a new thing in this season. God is doing something great and marvelous and he's not calling those that man has qualified, but he's calling those that God qualified. God is setting and appointing those that he sees fit to set and appoint in this season, those that are after God's own heart. Somebody say, I'm in a hidden place right now. Now, not only that, we're going to look at this next scripture in 1 Samuel, the 24th chapter, looking at the first through the seventh verse. It gets a little deeper, and I want you to see this uh, once again. And it says, now, when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, you know, Saul was still king and still had obligations and still had some things to do. How many people know that? I'm going to park right here real quick. How many people know that even though God had already told Saul that he would not, his kingdom would not last forever that Saul still had an assignment right now who am I dealing with right quick I came by to tell you this morning and this is not even in my notes that just because the, it, it looks 
them in the future that you got an assignment right now. You got a mandate on your life right now. You got responsibilities on your life right now. And God never told you to drop the responsibilities because of what the doctor told you about your future. Oh, who am I dealing with? God never told you to let go of the purpose and the plan in your life because the doctor told you you had six months. Matter of fact, God said, I need you to work even harder right now because what can come out of these six months? You can turn, you can open up more doors. You can open up more opportunities. You can do more things in the kingdom in these six months. And who knows, in these six months, I'm, I just might change the whole uh, prognosis. I might change the whole thing that the, the report of the doctor and you might end up living another 20 years. I, I came by to tell somebody that healing comes in obedience. Oh, somebody write that down. Healing can come through your obedience. It may not look like it's going to happen, but healing can be declared because you've been obedient to God and you stayed, stayed steadfast to his purpose and his plan. But let's get back to scripture. The Bible says, now when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told saying, behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and went to seek David and his men. I need you to see that. And seek David and his men in front of the rock of the wild goats. It says he came to the sheepfolds on the way where there was a cave and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the inner recesses of the cave and the men said, the men of David said to him, behold, this is the day which the Lord said to you, behold, I am about to give you your enemy into your hands and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. I need to park right there for somebody to understand this real quick. This place that we see David at at this moment is a time and opportunity where David is becoming and challenged with uh, the whole op, uh, the whole mindset and the whole appearance of what's going on. Uh, and, and I need you to get this understanding that those that were around David were not expecting David to be what he was supposed to, to take to miss this opportunity to take the kingdom at this place. There, there, there comes a time in your life where you got to simply say, God, I know what you're saying. God, I know what's going on. And, and, and you cannot allow the naysayers to continue to only tell you what they think should happen in your life. Because we see at that moment and we see at that time that David was trying to simply uh, get along with life. But those that were around him saw that there was an opportunity for them to up to. It was an opportunity for David to take the kingdom by the throat. There was an opportunity for David to take matters in his own hands, to take his own opportunity to do his own thing. And at that moment, David could have simply said, I'm going to do it right now because of what the situation looks like, because of what it seems like, because of what it's been. I have the opportunity to do what I need to do. I have the opportunity to be what I should be. And I can take this process and I can take this mindset right now. 
But we see David in the midst of all of this saying, you know what? I'm not going to do my own will. This is why the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Because at that moment, David made a choice. David made, David took the opportunity to simply say, I'm not going to do this thing of my own will. I'm not going to do this thing of my own mindset. I'm not going to do this thing the way that I want to do it. I'm going to to do it the way that God has called me to do it. And so now we see David in all his in, in all his glory and all his opinion and all his in, in, in his way. We see David stepping beyond what was at the present. What was sitting right there. We see David at this moment being just what God said he was a man after his own heart, a man that was not at that moment about his own indulgence, about his own way of doing things, about his own way of having, uh, uh, about his own way of seeing things his way. We see David, this little shepherd boy that had grown up and had fled the country because Saul wanted to kill him. That Saul wanted him dead and he fled with the men that were right there with to tell those that are walking with you that they can't understand how God is getting ready to use them, to use you in this season. Amen. And so now we see this mindset. We see David. We see King David in this place or because they had already the men that were with David, we seen them in this place. But we see this time and this opportunity that that things were taking place. And the Bible says in verse number 11, then David arose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. But then the Bible says this, that it came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. And David said to his men, far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord. Why? Because David was still under submission to Saul's rule. David left the kingdom because Saul wanted to kill him. But David still showed honor. Get this to his headship. Uh, there, there, there goes something that most of us can't do and won't do in this season of our life. Show honor to the ones we know getting ready to try to kill us. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I, I could go somewhere else with that. But David felt vexed in his spirit because he knows who Saul was. Saul was the one that David played the harp for when Saul's spirit was vexed. Saul, David was the one that when Saul needed somebody in the camp to go out and take care of Goliath, that David stepped up. David was the one who was Jonathan's 
friend, that him and Jonathan were closer than brothers. David was the one that saw the kingdom and how Saul ruled the kingdom. And in spite of Saul's anger at David, because Saul did not want to lose his kingdom, David still had the respect to honor Saul as his king. Oh, somebody missed that real quick. That just because you know they got it out for you, just because they've been operating under the wrong spirit, that, that if there was honor there, then you still respect them. That does not mean you have to be in their company, but you still respect the position that they're in. And you still hold tight and hold fast to what they've called, what they've been called to. Everybody's not going to agree with every pastor. Everybody's not going to agree with every person in ministry. Everybody's not going to agree with the church or the mandate that you're sitting under. Everybody doesn't agree with your boss and your boss may not like you, but the position that they're in and the position you're in makes you irreplaceable. See, Saul wanted to kill David so that he would not lose his kingdom. But see, Saul missed the process or missed the point that God had already appointed David as the successor. So nothing that Saul could do would stop the plan of God for David's life. Nothing that your enemy or your hater or your frenemy can do can stop God's plan for your life. Oh, somebody missed that real quick. Because at the moment, Saul went out to go get him. And it's a bad man when somebody says, I got to take 3,000 men to simply kill David. Why? Because David was the one that went into the kingdom. David was the one that stood out. David was the one who was the successor. But Saul didn't want it to be so. Saul had a plan that Jonathan would be next in line. But the Bible said that David, even though he cut off the small piece of Saul's robe, which was just to simply say, this is what I could have done to you. Uh, th uh, this is what I could have uh, uh, this is what could have happened at that moment. But if that would have happened, if David would have killed Saul, I believe God may not have even given the kingdom to David because he was disobedient about how to receive it. And too often, too many times in our life, we take the shortcut in trying to get to the things of God. Get this. And we miss that God has a process and a plan. You want understanding? Let's go back to the book of Deuteronomy or, or uh, the book of Deuteronomy when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. The, the Bible says that really their journey was only a seven day walk. Their journey was a short journey, but God had to take them around the long way because they were not prepared for war. They were not prepared for what the elements could have been if they had went simply went the route that took them seven days. So God had to take them around a whole nother way to get them to the place of letting go of some things while they were in Egypt. And so now we see David in that same place where he could have taken the life of Saul and could have been in position where the people would have put him and promoted him king. But David knew that there was something perplexing about that mindset because even though the oil had been poured over David's head, even though that he had been anointed king of Israel, there was a time frame towards the process. Somebody declared that I got to work the process. Yeah, I'm cold, but I got to work the process. I got to put my time in. I got to understand the place that I'm at. And too many people, even especially in the church, uh, spend so much time 
time wanting the wanting the position and wanting the title that they forget to work the process. They forget to gain what they're supposed to gain. They want the paper that says that validates them, that says they're an elder or evangelist or a pastor or even a bishop. They want the paper that say it, but have not gone through the process. They have not uh, they, they have not gained the, the, the nail prints in their hand. They have not gone through the trials and tribulations to build the character. They've only gone through the process of learning how to preach. Oh, who am I dealing with this morning? That too often times do we want the title but don't want the work. We, we want the title but we don't want the, the, the process. But somebody declared this morning that I'm willing to go through the process. I'm willing to go through the journey. I'm willing to go through the battles. I'm willing to go through the ups and downs. It's like having a baby. Uh, uh, when a woman gets pregnant, she doesn't just want to have the baby the day that she gets pregnant because the baby will not survive. Oh, who am I dealing with? A lot of you want, want the pregnancy, but you don't want the nine months of labor. Uh, you, you, you want the benefit of saying, God, bless me with this, but you don't want to go through the labor of working the blessing. Oh, somebody here this morning. I'm, I'm dealing with somebody this morning. But the Bible says this in verse number 11. It said, David pursued. Let me go back. Verse number 10, it says, uh, far, far be it. From me, because the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. David realized that Saul was still God's anointed and appointed over Israel at that time. He said, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him. Since he is. The Lord's anointed, David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul arose, left the cave, and went on his way. So we see David being a king in the early onset because he had to tell his men, listen, that's still God's man, that's still God's woman, that's still God's person that's in position right now. And far be it for me to go against God's position. If far be it for me to go against God's purpose. God's, God forbid for me to go against what God has already ordained. I know that God said I would be this, but I don't want to do it in the wrong way. So he said he, he had to persuade his men not to do it because, you know, those around him, you know, a lot of times when we get into situations, I'm sitting there thinking about those that are around us have a lot of times uh, are the ones that want to fight for us more than a lot of time. A lot of times when we start thinking about the situation and we think, well, maybe they did not mean it this way or maybe they did not mean it that way. Maybe I, I, I'm being a little too extra with this. But there are those that are around it that tell you, girl, you got to go ahead and do this. Man, dude, you 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 a punk because you won't stand up for yourself. But sometimes God said standing up for yourself is me is knowing that you can sit back and let God fight your battles. Uh, somebody declared that it's time to allow God to fight my battles. Why? Because this happens in the process. Now, we know that God seeks the willing in hidden places. That was our first point this morning. But what else happens? God seeks the prepared in what? 
in humble places. We see in that text that I just read to you that David was being who God called him to be. So he was even more prepared in in the place and, and, and he was prepared in those humble places. David was in a cave. David was far away from Saul, but there was a preparedness that David had and he was right there and in that place where he showed humility instead of strength, instead of physical strength, because humility and humbleness comes with strength. It takes more for you to say that I won't do what I can do and I'm going to allow God to do it than it is for you to say that I'm going to act out based on my emotions. I'm going to act out based on what everybody else says. So you got to get this, that God will seek the prepared in your humble places. Just continue to prepare your life. Just to just continue to develop his plan, your your anointing, your gifting and your calling, because if we're chasing God, that doesn't mean that God's running away from us. We're chasing God and God is chasing us. So we're going to hit and meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, because we can never match God's footsteps. We can never match God's pace. So we're chasing God. All I got to do is take one step and God is since he's been chasing me, he can meet me right there at my first step. But there's also that moment where we have to learn humbleness and learn how to prepare. When 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 a jogger and I'm I'm going to say this when a jogger or a long distance runner is getting ready to run a marathon, he he prepares. He doesn't just run the distance of the marathon. The, the preparedness means that he runs beyond what the goal is. Uh, I'm going to put in a, a, a quick story real quick for you. When I was in school in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I used to run a lot. I used to run and race people a lot. And I remember the, 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 that I used to race uh, these guys that were on the track team and I could beat them in a sprint. And so they said, hey, 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 Taz, that's what they called me at the time. It was like, hey, Taz, won't you come out and try for the track team? You're fast. You you can run. Won't you come try out for the track team? They told their coach about me and everything. So I go out and I get on the track field and I work for a whole week. And they were like, well, 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 Taz, won't you run the 400? The 400 is one time around the track. And I said, cool, I can run the 400. And so I get out there, I, 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 I practice for a whole week, and our track meet was that first Saturday. I get out there on the track, and I'm warming up, and I'm preparing to run the 400. See, I had been good at running sprints. I had been good at running 100 yards on a football field. But I didn't understand running the 400 because when we jogged and practiced the 400, I was just jogging around the track. But this is what I'm trying to tell you, how you have to be prepared in humble places. Because when I got out there and and got down in my stance, I was in perfect form. I was ready to run. And when I got out and, and the gun fired and I took off running, first 100 meters, I was in the lead. Even second hundred meters, I was in the lead, but came around to the third hundred meters and and something began to happen to me to show me that I wasn't prepared, that 
that I had not prepared myself properly. When I, when I came around the curve for that next hundred meters, I began to cramp up in my legs and, and I began to slow down. And all those people that I had passed that had been running long distance, uh, distances for, for forever or however long they had been began to pass me by. And I remember that my leg cramped up so much, my, my endurance started to be, uh, be, become affected because I had not prepared. And in my arrogance, I thought that it was no different than me running 100 meters. It was no different than me running 100 yards because I had not humbled myself and really learned what I needed to do for this race. I just jumped out there thinking that by natural instincts, I could do this on my own will. I could do this with my own mindset. I could do this with my own speed. And how many times can I tell you that once I started out in first. I'm coming down somebody's street. I ended up crossing the finish line last. Uh, once I started out in first place and too many people in your life, you jump out and begin to sprint, but you're not prepared for the long distance. The battle said the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, but to he that endures. And I was not prepared for endurance. I was prepared for the short route. I was not prepared for the long distance. I was prepared for the short race. You put me on a short course I could beat anybody but when you put me on a long race and how many people need to understand that prophetically that you've been you've been preparing for the short race but God said no I got the long distance thing planned out for you and you gotta begin to prepare and humble yourself because when you humble yourself when you know how to pace yourself you don't always have to start out the fastest but it does not mean that you won't finish first the Bible said the last shall become first and the first shall become last so it does not matter where you start at in life. You can start at the end of the race. Oh, who am I talking to this morning? You can start from the bottom of the pack. You can start from the dirt. You can start from the mess. But God said, if you abide in me, if you rely on me, if you humble yourself to me, I'll make you just like I made David. I'll make the shepherd boy the king. I'll make the shepherd girl the queen. I'll make the, 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 the one that grew up in the projects the CEO. I'm declaring something over your life right now. I'll make the ugly duckling the pretty goose. I'll make you, your light shine so bright that people will say, what must I do to get to that place? Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now because God seeks the prepared in the humble places. Let, let, let's go on. I'm just about done and, and, and we're going to get out of here and we're going to rejoice in a second. The Bible said, now David assembled in 1 Chronicles, the 28th chapter, in the first through the third verse, it says this. Now David, David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel. And I told you I wanted you to read these stories in your own private time. So you got to go back and read 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And then I want you to jump over 1 and 2 Kings. And now I'm in Chronicles. I told you I had three different things that I needed to show you on this morning about how our chase after the heart of God, uh, chasing after the heart of God and operating with a godly heart, how David was so humble. Uh, so first Chronicles, the 28th chapter, it says this. Now, David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the princes of the tribes and the commander of the divisions that serve the king. 
and the commander of thousands and the commander of hundreds and the overseers of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons with the officials and the mighty men and even all the valiant men. Then King David arose to his feet and said to those people, listen to me, my brethren and my people. I had intended to build a permanent home for the Ark of the Covenant of God, of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God. So I had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, you shall not build a house for, nine, for my name because you are a man of war and have shed blood. I need somebody to hear this right quick. David in all his glory, David in all his kingship, David who had been a man after God's own heart, David who did not take the life of Saul when he could have, David who did not take uh, that, that he was uh, set, uh, set apart as the shepherd boy who became the king, David who had gone through all these things to show God who he was, was now told because his mindset and his plan was to leave a legacy. The, to leave a legacy because he was a man after God's own heart. We know the sins that David committed. We know uh, uh, him having uh, uh, Uriah killed and, and taking his wife. And, and, and we know the different things that David did in his life. But David wanted to honor God and David wanted to do something to show God his affection for him. So he was ready to build the temple of God. He was ready to build the church. And then in this moment, God said to him, you shall not build a house for my name because you are a man of war and you have shed blood. Why is this important? Because when we see uh, what God was saying to him, he said, yes, I raised you up as a king, but your kingship caused you to do some other things that I can't have attached to my temple. Hmm. Your kingship uh, caused me to send you into war and shed blood. Yes, you were doing it to grow Israel. Yes, you were doing it to, 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 to make Israel the beacon standard, the city, make Judah the house of praise, make Judah the nation that, that because Judah means praise, the worshipers. We, we know that you assigned and set apart all this stuff for me, but my temple cannot be built by you because of the blood attached to you. Uh, th th this, this is where it gets deep at real quick because I need you to understand until you give your life to Christ, no matter how much you continue to do that's good works, no matter how much you continue to do that seems pleasing, no matter how much you do until you give yourself over and your new man has been born and that old man has died away, can you be what God called you to be? Yeah, I know it's cute because we always talk about having good thoughts and sending positive energy, but positive energy means nothing without salvation. Positive energy means nothing when it comes to your eternal life and at this moment David was in a position that he was getting ready to build uh, build God this great edifice but God said no hold up because there are some things David that even though you're after my heart that you are a part of that I can't have attached to my building but David had the vision 
But just because God said no to you being the, 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 the bearer or the builder of the vision doesn't mean you don't write the vision or who am I dealing with. Too many times we see people who have business dreams and business plans and business things that they're setting apart. And they think just because they have the plan, they have the vision, they have these things that it means that they're going to be the one to fulfill it. But no, God said, no, I, 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 I appreciate you. I gave you the vision, but I got one to come behind you. It may be one in your lineage. It may be one that connects with you that has the resources it may be one that comes about that I'm putting you in contact with that you can share the vision with but I need them to execute the vision oh somebody missed that real quick there are visions that you have that God is sending you people to execute the vision and it doesn't necessarily have to be the person you agree with it can be the person who you disagree with the most but they have the most discipline to get the vision taken care of oh who am I dealing with this morning at this moment in time Time, we see the humbleness of David in the presence of God because David first didn't kill Saul when he had the opportunity. David now wants to build something for God, but God said, no, I'm going to send your son to do it. And so what do we learn from David as David was a God chaser? David was a man after his own heart. Verse number uh, five says this. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what David was telling his men. The Lord God of Israel chose for me from all the house of my fathers to be king over Israel forever. Why? Because Jesus came from the legacy and the lineage of David. For he has chosen Judah to be a leader. And in the house of Judah, my father's house, and among the sons of my father, he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. And get this, he said, of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom. And he said to me, your son Solomon is the one who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be, my, to be a son to me. And I will be a father to him and I will establish his kingdom forever. If he uh, resolutely performs my commandments and my ordinances. As is done now. So now in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek after all the commandments of the Lord, your God, so that you may possess, get this, the good land. <laughs> that you may possess the good land. Somebody say it's time for me to possess the good land. And bequeath it to your sons after you forever. We see David. After all he's done. After all God has promised him. After he lost his son uh, uh, in the beginning to Bathsheba. When he, because of his sin we see David have Solomon. And we see David have his many sons. Where even one of his sons raped his daughter. We, we see all that David had went through. And in David's last days. In David's last season of his reign. That, that he came to a place where he said. We're going to build this edifice. This great church to God. It's gonna, we're going to house the Ark of the Covenant. It's going to be God's footstool. And God said, no, David, you're after my own heart, but I got one other. 
I got one of your sons that I'm going to make my son, and I'll be his father. I assigned you a season in your life. I assigned you and told you that if you followed after me, that you, that you will be the king over all of Israel forever. And God stayed true to that. But at that moment, the temple had to be built by the next generation. Who am I dealing with right now that God is constantly been telling you that yes I love you you've done so much but prepare the way for the next generation you've been holding on to your reign for so long that it's time for you to realize that you haven't raised up the next generation but I have one amongst you that's a God chaser just like you that's, that has the godly heart because we find David at this moment simply looking and saying, God, I just want to do it for you. But we got to realize that God seeks what? The surrender in the high places. Why does he seek the surrender in high places? Because David could have done what he wanted to. He could have said, no, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. But David, being a man after God's own heart, understood humility. And because he surrendered to the will of God, that's what made David this man after God's own heart. He surrendered, he was humble, and he was prepared. He surrendered his own thoughts, his own mindsets to the will of God. God seeks to surrender in high places. Where are you right now in your life where God is simply saying, I'm seeking the surrender in high places. You've done all you can. You've been all you were supposed to be. You've done so much by yourself. But where I need you at right now is to surrender to me. David, with all the glory of the robes, the crown, the kingdom, the sons, the daughters, all that he made happen for Israel. At that moment, David still said, I surrender God. And unlike Saul, where Saul saw where God, where Saul was at a place where he listened to the people more than he listened to what God called him to. David said, I surrender. Where are you at right now in your life where God is asking you, do you surrender? Where are you at right now where God is asking you, are you ready to chase after me? Are you ready to? Seek me. Are you ready to be who I called you to be? Are you in your high places? Because he's already brought him up from his, 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 his darkness, his dark place, his place of obscurity. He already brought him from that and now he sits him in a high place. But he said, will you still surrender to my will, my purpose and my word in your life? Where are you at right now when you're chasing after God, pursuing the heart of God means that you have to surrender some of that ego. You have to surrender your pride. You have to surrender your disobedience. You have to surrender your attitude. You have to surrender that me first mentality. You have to stop acting as if you're doing things for God when you're only doing it for your own self-gratification.
You have to be willing to surrender so that you can chase and pursue the heart of God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for this word. We thank you, God, that we are a people that are chasing after you, no matter what the situation looks like, no matter where we are right now, God, but we're chasing after you. We're chasing after your joy. We're chasing after your peace. We're chasing after your love, your kindness, and your mercy for us. And God, in the midst and in, the, in spite of all that we see, all that's going on, what we're chasing is your glory. To be more like you, to be, more, to, to be what you've called us to be. So God, right now, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, God, that has been out of line, out of order, out of place, we ask God right now that you put them back on this journey. That God, that their heart's dedication, their mind's dedication, their spirit's dedication realigns itself with your plan and your will. And we ask God right now that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that needs an experience with you, that needs a relationship with you, that you'll meet them so that you can show them that the chase is worth it. That you're running towards them. You're chasing after us the way we're chasing after you. And so, God, we, we adore you, we worship you, and we magnify your name. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm offer you these five things, and I do it every Sunday. And this is where I need my, 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 my Facebook evangelists, my Facebook elders and deacons and deaconesses to do. There's somebody in your circle that needs to know Jesus Christ. I'm going to put this on you today. There's somebody in your circle that needs to know the true nature of Jesus Christ, the true understanding of who God is, that needs to know your testimony, that needs to know why you came to the cross. And I don't mean those cute stories, but I mean the real, raw, and relevant reason that you came to the cross. For a lot of us, is that simply put, we didn't want to die and be out of place. We had made all the mistakes that we could make, and we realized that God was bigger than our mistakes. And he offered us something that either whether we were scared to, 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 to scared and, and just wanted a way out of our trouble, our pain and our misery, that we accepted him because of that. Or you could have been living a perfect life with all the money in the world, all the status in the world, all the clout in the world, but your heart was empty and you knew it was empty. And once you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, that your life turned around. That your life has been filled. So at this moment, I need you to become God's ambassadors. I need you to become liberty ambassadors. And reach out to somebody. Reach out to some people and simply say, tag some people in this and simply say, is your salvation secure? The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And at that moment, we see that God is able and God is doing something different for us in, in this season. So where we are in this place, we're watching and witnessing and understanding that God is able to do something amazing in your life. I know the cell phone went off for a second, but I need you to hear this. That God is able to do amazing in your life. 
But at this place and at this purpose and at this time, I want you to know that God is the most important thing in your life. And I'm going to leave it right there because those other four things that we offer, I need you to get this, that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. But right now we're chasing after God and we're chasing after his purpose and we're chasing after the assignment and he's coming right for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this experience. We thank you for this moment. And God, we ask you right now to be all that you said you would be in our life. For those that are lost, we ask you right now, God, to to step in and meet them and be who you said you would be to us. If they're lost, meet them in the place of their loss. If they're hurt, meet them in the place of their hurt. And we thank you, God, for all that you're going to do, for all that you are, for all that you've been. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close our service real quick. I have an emergency that I need to attend to. But join me this evening at 7.30 for our communion this evening. I'm going to hold off communion until 7.30 this evening. And I'm going to leave you with this as always. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed. I'll talk to you later. Amen.